Hello, this is Jude from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Thursday, the 12th of August. As we come closer to completing the country's 75th year of independence here at News Laundry, we've made supporting independent news easier on the pocket with our Independence Day campaign, which will run till 20th of August. There are two aspects of the campaign. First, get an annual Game Changer or Disruptor subscription and you'll get NL merch, a Sapki Dulai soap set and tote bag with it. Second, we're running a 30% discount on NL hampers and t-shirts. Use the code FREEDOMSALE, F-R-E-E-D-O-M-S-A-L-E to avail the discount. India reported 41,000 new coronavirus cases in the past 24 hours, taking the case count to 7.41% higher than yesterday. The total tally of infections stands at 3.20 crore since the pandemic began. The death toll increased by 490, taking the total number of fatalities to 4.29 lakh. All these figures, however, are widely believed to be undercounts. According to the latest data released by Union Health Ministry, India has administered a total of 52.36 crore COVID-19 vaccine doses so far, out of which a total of 44 lakh were administered in the past 24 hours. The Kerala High Court yesterday expressed its concern over the test positivity rate in the state. The court observed that isolation protocols were not being enforced properly across the state. Kerala's daily test positivity rate decreased to 14.49% from 15.91% on August 11th. However, this is still far above India's test positivity rate of 1.94% as reported by NDTV. Meanwhile, according to the Hindustan Times, the Union Health Ministry clarified that no new variant of the coronavirus was detected in Kerala and that around 88% to 90% of cases in the state were due to the Delta variant. In Bengaluru, around 250 children have reportedly tested positive for the coronavirus infection between August 5th and August 10th, as per the data from the city's civic body, the Bruhud Bengaluru Mahanagarapalike. The Maharashtra government has announced certain relaxations in the state. From August 15th, Citizens who have been fully vaccinated against COVID can enter malls and restaurants can run at 50% capacity. The Assistant Director General for Vaccines in the World Health Organization, Mariangala Simao, notified that WHO expects to make a decision next month on granting emergency authorization to Bharat Biotech's Covaxin. However, Indian researchers have yet to share any advanced research about the coronavirus vaccine along with its performance against coronavirus variants. At the global front, COVID-19 has infected up to 204 million people and led to 4.32 million deaths since the beginning of the pandemic in December 2019, according to the Johns Hopkins University. More than 100 villages have been red-zoned amid flash floods in Uttar Pradesh and at least 600 villages across 24 districts have been affected so far. Prayagraj, Ghazipur and Hamirpur are the most affected in the terms of flooded areas. According to NDTV, the state received 154% excess rainfall in the last 24 hours, taking the water levels to the Ganga and Yamuna rivers above the danger mark. The Central Water Commission has warned that inflow from the Yamuna River and its tributaries may lead to further increase of water level in Ganga. Around 20 villages reportedly faced embankment issues and floods in 239 villages have affected local farming. Meanwhile, according to the State Relief Department, Both farming and residents have been severely affected in 129 villages. Moreover, a peer development project in Varanasi inaugurated by Prime Minister Narendra Modi in November at Khitkia Ghat, river embankments, has been swamped along with other 80 ghats in the city as the water level in Ganga rose above the danger mark. The cremation grounds on the ghats were also flooded and last rites had to be performed in nearby lanes. 
The Khidkia Ghat project included plans to set up restaurants, a water sports center, and an amphitheater as a part of the National Waterway 1, envisaging a water transport route between Haldia in West Bengal and Varanasi. Speaking of the floods in Uttar Pradesh, every year like clockwork, the state of Assam drowns in the raging Brahmaputra. And every year, the images of this calamity flood the Indian media. The response to the disaster is reduced to a statistical exercise, the tabulation of lives and livelihoods lost. crops and wildlife consumed but the stories of ordinary people who bear the brunt are rarely told or when told they are forgotten as soon as the news cycle moves on last year news laundry did a five part series of ground reports from assam and bengal to get a sense of how the lives of common folk were upturned by the annual floods and cyclone amfan you can find these extensive ground reports by supriti david and shona ghosh filed under the nl sena section of newslaundry.com but listeners remember These projects take time, effort, and most importantly, resources. So if you want such stories to come out, support us by becoming a subscriber because we are a subscriber-funded 100% ad-free news organization. Go to newslaundry.com today and hit that subscribe button on the top right corner. Pay to keep news free. The toll from the landslide in Himachal Pradesh's Kinnaur district rose to 13 after Indo-Tibetan border police personnel recovered three more bodies after the rescue team located the wreckage of a bus hit by the landslide on Wednesday afternoon. Around 14 people have been rescued so far from the site of the incident. According to the Kinnaur Deputy Commissioner Abid Hossain, several vehicles including a Himachal Road Transport Corporation bus carrying over 40 passengers were buried under the debris after the incident. The state-run bus was on its way from Rekong Pio in Kinnaur to Shimla. Heavy rains had led to landslides in parts of Himachal Pradesh in the last few weeks. Meanwhile, Himachal Pradesh Chief Minister Jairam Thakur had told the state assembly that there were reports of 50 to 60 people being trapped in the debris. The Union Ministry of Home Affairs yesterday informed the Rajya Sabha that approximately 5,221 people died in judicial custody in India in the past three years. including 348 deaths in police custody minister of state for home affairs nityanand rai made the statement while replying to a question by bharatiya janata party mp ram kumar verma in response to a separate question rai also added that there was no increase in recent months in custodial deaths according to rai's data uttar pradesh recorded the most deaths in judicial custody that is 1295 followed by madhya pradesh west bengal and bihar Gujarat recorded the most deaths in police custody that is 42 followed by Madhya Pradesh, Maharashtra and Uttar Pradesh. The minister also noticed that police and prisons are state subjects under the constitution and that curbing such deaths is the responsibility of the state governments. On August 8th, Chief Justice of India NV Ramana had also expressed his concern about human rights violations at police stations in the country. He had noted and I quote, the threat to human rights and bodily integrity are the highest in police stations. Unquote. The Indian Space Research Organisation today faced a setback at its mission to place the EOS-03 Earth Observation Satellite due to a technical irregularity. The satellite was meant for quick monitoring of natural disasters and obtaining spectral signatures for agriculture, forestry, water bodies. The Earth Observation Satellite would have also aided in disaster warning, cyclone monitoring, cloudburst and thunderstorm monitoring. The objective of Thursday's mission was to provide near real-time imaging of large area regions at frequent intervals. It lifted off at 5:43 a.m. today from the Satish Dhawan Space Center in Sriharikota. This was ISRO's second mission this year. In February, the space body had successfully launched the Brazilian satellite Amazonia 1 and 18 co-passenger satellites. 
Opposition leaders today held a protest march outside parliament against the end of the monsoon session 2 days ahead of schedule and the alleged manhandling of women leaders by marshals in the Rajya Sabha the day before while the opposition was protesting against the insurance amendment bill. INC leader Rahul Gandhi, Nationalist Congress Party chief Sharad Pawar, Shiv Sena MP Sanjay and leaders from the Samajwadi Party, the Muslim League were also present at the protest march. During the protest march, Rahul Gandhi told the reporters and I quote Today we had to come out here to speak to you as we are not allowed to speak in the parliament and that it was nothing short of the murder of the democracy of the country unquote In a joint statement the opposition leaders asserted that the government used its brute majority to push through its legislative agenda in violation of established procedures conventions and spirit of parliamentary democracy The opposition took heavily upon the center for its authoritarian attitude and undemocratic actions The monsoon session of parliament had been chaotic since the beginning. Opposition parties remained firm on their demand to discuss the Pegasus surveillance controversy in parliament. The government had refused to agree to a debate on the issue. The opposition had also criticized the center for the farm laws and the sharp increase in prices of fuel and other commodities in the country. In the recent series of developments in Afghanistan, the Taliban armed group has taken control of the provincial capital Ghazni. It becomes the 10th provincial capital to fall within days. This came soon after the Afghan army chief General Wali Muhammad Ahmad Zai was replaced. The insurgent group had gained control of the entire city by Thursday morning and had broken into a prison releasing about 400 inmates as per the Guardian. Meanwhile, clashes also raged in Lashkargah, one of the Afghan's largest cities in the Taliban heartland of Helmand province. The Lashkargah regional police headquarters were also taken by the armed group after a suicide car bombing was reported on Wednesday. According to Al Jazeera's report, The Afghan government offered the Taliban a share in power so long as a rising violence in the country comes to a halt. Clashes between the Taliban and Afghan forces severely escalated as foreign troops prepared to withdraw from the country by the end of August. More than 1000 people have been killed in Afghanistan in the last month. The latest US military intelligence assessment is that Kabul could come under insurgent pressure within 30 days and that if current trends hold, the Taliban could gain full control of the country within a couple of months. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.